we followed this story without a whole lot of answers for a long time. We don't know anything still seven months later. We're talking about the Danforth shooting, a guy who had enough ammunition to kill hundreds of people and ended up killing two and injuring another 13. We don't know much more than that. And on Friday, Chief Saunders announced that, uh, yeah, the investigation's over, nothing to see here, no motive. Just, that's it. And he says this, despite the very obvious red flags of terror. But uh, as I said off the top of the show, you know, as we delve into this whole SNC narrative and whether the Trudeau government interfered in our justice system, if true, these kinds of things eroded trust. You know, and beg the question, what else in our justice system is being tinkered with by officials? Possibly the Danforth shooting? I don't know. Certainly makes people wonder, you know, are we being manipulated? Let's bring in uh, Dave Perry to this conversation. He's our global news crime expert. Uh, does this sound right about to you, Dave? It doesn't sound right to me, Alex. As a matter of fact, it sounds like the opposite. I think uh, all of us are puzzled about the lack of information coming out throughout the entire investigation since the day this happened. Of course, we already spoke about and know the SIE role in that. They typically don't tell the public anything up until the conclusion of an investigation, which takes way too long. But uh, I'm, I'm a little bit puzzled why the police haven't come forward with more, and especially with at least their best guess, their theory on what the motive for this random act of violence was. Right. And and, and I've been frustrated since day one because in my days of covering crime, we didn't re- we had to wait, but certainly not uh, what we're starting to see kind of habitually in this country where a big incident happens and then the media is pushed back for hours, if not days. And it's becoming a thing. And I don't know if I'm imagining it or if, or if some kind of mandate has been changed within policing uh, when you get these big events that they're they're kind of, you know, putting this shroud of secrecy over them. Yeah, there seems to have been some changes, uh, and it's from police service to police service. Uh, Toronto seems to be, in my view, um, a lot more secretive than they used to be in terms of getting information like this out. Information I think the public absolutely has a right to hear, Mm -hmm. and I find that frustrating. Um, Some other police services are much more open than they used to be, and it's it's sort of a service-by-service, chief-by-chief selection on how they how they get information out to the public. On this one here, this crowd of secrecy has been driving us all crazy. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to we're afraid to say something that may not be accurate. And I think that's a big mistake. I'd rather say something and preface that with we don't know for sure, but here's what we're looking at, kind of a statement, than to say nothing at all. Because when you say nothing, people sit back and wonder and start thinking just like you and I are, What is going on here, and what is this all about? Well, you know, I have this conversation because I wrote, uh, opening my show up, that when you've got a government, as we see in the Trudeau, you know, SNC situation of why it's important, when you start to doubt that the justice system isn't working, if you feel like maybe the fix is in, you start to doubt everything. It kind of has this trickle-down effect. And one of the things I think people are starting to question is, you know, are things being hidden from us? Whether it was the, the, you know, the terror situation we had in Kingston last month, it's like we haven't heard anything. It just kind of went away. We get all these big incidents. But certainly with the Danforth, there were so many things that happened that were so out of the norm. And, and I'll start with you on the, you know, getting the social media. That social media account of, of the suspect in that, in that shooting 
that was all scrubbed. So we have no way to look at any evidence in the public and, and decide for ourselves, or at least we've not been presented with anything. Yeah, so let me pitch this one to you, Alex, because this, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. You know, as Canadians, we are the most accepting people and sometimes the most apologetic people on the planet, which makes us sometimes afraid to ask the very hard questions. And you'll remember, as I do, that sort of the mental health uh, um, scenario was, was thrown out there fairly early by the family, mm-hmm. by the family of the shooter. And as Canadians, a lot of us just kind of went, oh, okay, we, we get it then, and we're going to back off, and we're going to... We're just going to buy that and, well, some and did. <laughs> forget about asking forget about asking all the other hard questions. Now, I saw and read like you that when the uh, information to obtained were opened, that the um, police officers preparing those were clearly going after all of the hallmark materials that you would expect to go after in a terrorist right. investigation. And right. in fact, they were successful in getting, as you know, the AK-47 clips and all of the ammunition and all of the things that would concern us. So. You know, we can't say, I think very safely, we'd say that this particular case has all of the hallmarks of being a, a terrorist attack that's connected to al-Qaeda or ISIS. That, that's an easy one. And why we're not hearing more, whether that has been proven or disproven, is still very puzzling to me. Well, well exactly. Um, and, and when you suggest that there's a cover-up going on, you'll get the pushback of, well, you're the media, it's not about you, it's none of your business. But that's not the, not what, what I'm, I'm trying to get at. We have always been, uh, albeit very slow, if you look to how our American counterparts, uh, you know, when they get an arrest, whether it's R. Kelly or, as you just saw with the Jesse Smollett, I mean, they lay out everything. You've got a, uh, you get a mugshot within an hour, and they give you everything. Whereas in Canada, we have always been much, much more reserved and quite secretive, but not to the point I think of what we're seeing now, which is these, you know, big, big uh, situations, and they immediately get shrouded in silence. But I've certainly never heard um, the police say, "Well, we're going to talk to the victims first, and then we'll we'll talk to the public." It's, this was and is. A, an incident that targeted the public. And so Torontonians and those in the public have a right to know this information. I completely agree. So the way I look at this right now is there's, there's only a few ways that this can go. If it's, if it's a matter of national security that nobody is going to come forward and tell the public, the least they could do is say that this is a matter of national security. Right. But and uh, therefore there won't be any more statements until this thing is concluded. Was this guy a lone wolf? And if he was... It doesn't mean that it's not a terrorist attack. The same as the, the Young Street attack with the van. It doesn't mean that wasn't a terrorist attack. Right. Just because somebody's a lone wolf and not connected to any particular organization. Um, you know, or is there something else going on? You know, did he act alone? I'm talking about the, the Danforth duty. Did he act alone? These questions we all deserve an answer to. If he did, then somebody should tell us that. And, and if he suspected of not, then somebody should tell us that. And I think that would satisfy the public if we were told there is an ongoing investigation. Um, Somebody has got to have the nerve to stand up in front of the public and say, here's what we believe. Some of it we can prove, maybe some of it we can't prove, but here are our theories. And I always find that uh, in policing, and we saw a little bit of that in the MacArthur case, Mm -hmm. if we're too reluctant to tell the public some of the things that we're thinking without contaminating investigation, that it makes us look like we're hiding something. And, and I think that's where we all get to where we are today. What's going on and why haven't we heard more? So I'm with you on this one. This one is troubling. I think that the Toronto police should take the lead and 
and come out and tell us something. Yeah, I mean, they've not had the greatest track record this year. But, I mean, even on on First Blush, um, you know, someone got taken in to meet with a family, put out a statement. And, and if it's if, and if it's a mental illness, then fine. That's fair enough. However, you can't not look at other areas. Like, we have the right to know, I think, Dave, why he was in connection with people who had enough carfentanil to kill half a country. You know, his brother uh, in a coma has alleged, you know, gang ties. So there is a lot that you can graze from here uh, without saying, well, there, there is no motive. I mean, it, it just does not fly. The carfentanil link is the one that I've been hearing about and, and troubles me the absolute most. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of the most powerful weapons that you could put in the hands of the wrong person, especially if they have uh, terrorist thoughts. And just think of what that, that kind of powder could, uh, could do if it was released in a certain public area. And go back to what he actually did do. He went to a very public area. Where he knew people, families would be out enjoying dinner in a, a in a very nice time of the year, and he opened fire. He reloaded. He continued with his attack, and and I, I'm just not getting that how this isn't connected to something other than just mental illness. In your in your experience, does this look like some kind of cover up, or that it, or that the narrative has been kind of watered down to you? Well, it looks like they're keeping information from the public, and what puzzles me is I just don't know the reason why. As you said, in every terrorist attack in the United States, live on CNN, we're watching the lead investigators get up there and and tell people what they think. They're not saying that this is a terrorist attack. They're saying what we all should have been saying back then. Pardon me, is that it has all of the hallmarks of an attack, and we're going to continue to release information as as it's forthcoming. And just the opposite happened here. Here's where it it really takes that ugly twist, and I— I don't mean to sound like I'm constantly beating up on them, but when the SIU takes part of an investigation, we know the corporate secrecy that's thrown over this. So this is complicated on so many levels, and I'm thinking a lot of people, including the Toronto chief, may be not sure what and when they can say what it is they, they want to tell the public. And it's complicated, but we have a right to know, and it's been too long. And, and uh, like you, I'm just as frustrated. Hopefully they're going to come out and after this meeting with the, the families, which... You know, in a lot of cases, I understand you want to tell the families certain things before it goes public. Yeah. But I think the families already know what happened here. And, yeah. and uh, you know, our first thoughts are with them. But now that now that this thing is so many months down the road, why aren't we hearing a lot more? That is the uh, $64,000 question. Well, we'll uh, keep waiting, I guess, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. That is Dave Perry joining us. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.